0: welcome you're about to hear an inspirational message by david entry may your faith increase and your heart be stirred towards god as you listen to this life transforming message press subscribe so you're the first to know when the messages are released blessed are your ears for the things they hear why do we need the holy spirit should i start in the book of john chapter 16 verse 6, 7, 8, 9. Jesus said you, you, your. since made, when I told you I'm going, your heart is you are not pleased. You are sad because I'm going. I said I'm going. But it's to your advantage that I go else the comforter will not come. But who is this comforter you are talking about? You have to go so that someone else can come. We have Jesus. Why should Jesus go? He said, no, I came so that I can prepare the way so he can come. So he said, I have to go. He said, it's expedient for you that I go. Hey! He said, it is expedient. Expedience means it's essential, it's necessary. It's advantage for you that I go. Because if I don't go, the Comforter will not come. If I don't go, the the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost will not come. But he said, when I go, I will send him the promise of the Father. And he says that, but when he is come, who is the Spirit of truth? Verse verse 13. He said, he's the Spirit. He will teach you, guide you into all truth. And he said, take of mine and give it to you. And the things that I have spoken to you, he will, he will, he will let you understand. He will take what is mine and give it to you. He will guide you into all truth. He said, he shall not speak of, of his own. What belongs to me, he will, he will take and give it to you. And he will show you things to come or tell you things to come. The spirit of truth. In chapter 14, verse 17, 18, somewhere there. He says that, I am with you, but I will be in you. Ah... Uh, He said, for he dwelleth with you, but he shall be in you. Because outside you is not advantageous. Inside you is a different story. So Jesus was always walking with them, but I know way he wanted he wanted to enter them. So he said, then I have to go. Then when I go, I will send the spirit. He said, I'm going. Chapter 14, verse 1. I'm preparing a place. When I finish, I'll come back. Now, when you read John chapter 14, I'm going off myself a little bit, but I just want to teach you some things. When you read John chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16, that was the end teaching of his ministry and all happened in one day. From John chapter, can you imagine he spent three and a half years teaching them, working with them and teaching them. He was working with them and teaching them and then, then he didn't talk about this important thing until the last day and he touched them. He never touched on the Holy Spirit until the last day ways of teaching and he taught them about the Holy Spirit. So in chapter 14 he says that, let not your heart be troubled, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. For in my father's house there are many mansions. He said, believe in me, believe, uh, believe in God, believe also in, 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 believe in me, believe also in the father. Or believe in God, believe also in me. And he says that in my father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I wouldn't have told you. For he said, I go, oh my goodness. He said, I go, I go, I go. I go to prepare a place for you. And verse 3 said, I for if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. That's interesting. He said, I'm going and I'll be back. I'm going and I'll be back. And when you read chapter 14, very carefully, I don't have time, he kept telling them, when I go, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll not leave you as, as orphans. I'll not leave you as comfortless, but I'll be back, in. I think, in the verse... Um, uh, chapter fourteen, yeah, verse eighteen. I don't leave you often, but uh, I will, I will come to you. So he kept saying, "If I am going and I'll come, I'm going and I'll come. There are three. I'm going and I'll come. And he kept saying, "I'm going and I'll come. And if you are not careful, you won't know which I'm going. Is he talking about? Now the first I'm going and I'll come is is going that that the the difference or the number of days, the duration is three days. He's going, when he said, I'm going, he was going into the grave. And guess what? He's going to come back out of the grave. So, when he said, I'm going, that's why he told the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. Where I'm going, you cannot come. Because he was going to the grave and coming back from the grave. And the difference was three days. And then, the second I'm going and I'm coming, it 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 was going to be 40 days. Oh, sorry, 10 days. 10 days difference. Because he left on the 40th day after his resurrection. And then he went back. And then on the day of Pentecost, which is 10 days after he had left. So the second I'm going, he went, he said, I will send the comforter. The comforter was another comforter. Allah's lost Paraclete. He himself, is going to come back as the spirit. And so he had to go to heaven, present himself to the father, and 10 days later, on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one place, in one accord. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven, as a mighty rushing wind, and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And clothing tongues of fire sat on each of them. Verse four. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Shout yes! So the second I'm going and I'll be back is ten days difference. He's going, but in ten days' time he'll be back. And then the third I'm going and I'll come. He's gone. He's not yet back. Wow. He slept us, but he said, I'll come back again. I I announce to you, Jesus is coming back again. Jesus is coming back again. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 11, Bible says, as he spoke with them, he was caught up. He said, he was taken, no, verse 10, he was taken up into heaven. Whilst he he looked, they looked steadfastly. from, From verse 9, somewhere there. As he was speaking to them, he was taken up, and he went into heaven. And then, he just, you know, he's the only one who went to heaven without stairs, but he was going, he was climbing and they saw him, he was going up, he was going up and Bible said, and the cloud received him from taking. he was, he was taken up and the cloud received him out of their sight, he vanished and whilst they were standing there watching, an angel angel came and said, man of Galilee this same Jesus, he said, Ye men of Galilee, why are you standing gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which, you, which is taken up from you into heaven, he shall come. Ah, he's going to come. In the same way you said, He's going to come physically. We shall see him coming back again. In like manner, he said, He shall come. As you have seen him going to heaven, in the same like manner, he will come. He said, I'll come back. So when he said, I'm going and I'll come. Well, if you are not careful, you confuse which I'm going and I'm coming he's talking about at every given instance. So normally they confuse everything. Many people confuse everything because he said, I'm going and I'll come. Some people choose the I'm going and I'll come, the three days one. Others, the the the, the, the ten days one. Others, the, the generational one. But you have to know, look at the context and know which I'm going and I'm coming he's talking about. But the first one, he said, if I go, the comforter, unless I go, the comforter will not come. Verse 14 of chapter 16 of John. He said, when I go, I'll pray the Father and he'll send you another comforter. What? Oh, the spirit of truth will guide you to all truth. Verse 14. He shall glorify me, he shall take what is mine. And chapter 14, look at chapter 14, verse 14. John fourteen fourteen. Ah. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Yeah. And I'll pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter. Another comforter. I lost paraclete. Please sit down. Let me let me move on quickly. I said I was going to spend five minutes, but I've gone off myself. But so, 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 just before he left, he, he was with his disciples. Just before he left. That is after he has gone into the grave and he has come back. He met them and was talking to them. Bible says that on the road to Emmaus there were some disciples they were walking. In Luke chapter 24 from verse 14, 15, 16, 17, Bible said they were walking. They were walking and they were talking about this thing that has happened about Jesus of Nazareth. And as they were walking, Jesus came and walked alongside them, but their eyes were not open to notice him. Yeah. Their eyes were were holding, I like in James, so this is kind of English, holding yeah, their eyes were holding that they did not know him so as they were walking he said what are you guys talking about and they said "Ah, are you a stranger haven't you heard the headline news he said tell me what is it talk to me what is it he said it's concerning Jesus of Nazareth how he was a man God was using and the leaders have taken him and crucified him And he said, on the third day, but when he was alive, he told his disciples that on the third day, he shall rise again from the dead. And now, this is the third day, and some of our our disciples, some of our ladies, they went to the the, the tomb, and they found it was empty. So they came and said he was alive. And then they were saying, but we thought this the Messiah who will deliver us. So Jesus, the way they spoke, Jesus said, oh, foolish and slow of heart, to believe verse 24, to believe all that the prophets have said. Then it's verse 25. Oh, fools and slow of hearts to believe all that the prophets have spoken. I like the verse 20. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things? And then on the third day, raised? Oh, come on. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? It was an ought too. You don't know the scriptures. That's why. The Bible says that. Ah, are you ready for this? I love this scripture so much. Ah! hallelujah. Bible says that and beginning at Moses and beginning at Moses this is called Bible studies with Jesus himself. Bible studies with, beginning at Moses. When you see Moses, when they say Moses, it's talking about Genesis. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers are called the books of Moses and Deuteronomy. Sorry, five books of Moses. So anytime he said, Moses said, Moses said, it's not just what Moses said, what is written in the scriptures. It is written by Moses. Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So, Bible says, beginning at Genesis, beginning at Moses, and throughout all the prophets, you are talking about Isaiah Isaiah. You are talking about Jeremiah. You are talking about Ezekiel. You are talking about Daniel. You are talking about Hosea. You are talking about Amos. You are talking about Micah. You are talking about Obadiah. You are talking about Jonah. You are talking about Nahum. You are talking about Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Zechariah. I'm talking about Malachi. It's a beginning at Moses throughout the prophets. Watch this. He expounded unto them in all in how many scriptures, in all the scriptures, the things concerning Ah. He said you I've been ready, but you can't know me. He began to show them, this thing is about me. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he responded. The Bible says, they got to where they were going, and they, they decided to eat, and then they gave him the food. He took it and he vanished. And they said, "Ha! did our hearts not burn? As soon as they ate their eyes he broke the bread, gave them the earth, their eyes were open. They realized, ah, that's the Lord. Yeah. So that's why when he was teaching us the Bible, Bible says our heart was burning. When you have encounters with God in the word of God, sometimes you feel something. Yeah. sometimes you can't even sit down sometimes you feel like screaming sometimes you feel like shouting sometimes you feel it you feel the anointing you feel the anointing you feel the anointing shout yes he said did our hearts not burn a burning heart experience so then he left them then they returned and went to where the other disciples are. They said, We have we have seen the Lord. We have seen the Lord. He appeared to us and said these things. Whilst they were d- discussing this, He appeared in the room from the 41 hours. He appeared in the room. Yeah. Jesus Himself stood, verse 30, said, He stood in the midst of them and said, Peace, peace be unto you. That's the Hebrew greeting. Shalom. Shalom. He came and said, Shalom. And what happened? He said, peace be up to you. But they were terrified and affrighted, King James English. Affrighted. And suppose that they have seen a spirit. He said, no, I'm not a spirit. Spirit doesn't have bones and flesh. Behold, hands, my feet. This is it. I, I myself, handle me and see. For a spirit has not got flesh and bone. He didn't say flesh and blood. Because it didn't have blood. His blood has been shed on the cross for us. He drained it all. He didn't need blood to exist, but he certainly had f- flesh and bones. Normally you hear flesh and blood, flesh and blood. This one is a flesh and bones. So he he said he, told, he showed them his pierced hands. Evidence of the redemption. They needed to pierce his hands and his side for him to lose the blood. So he didn't he showed them. Go back, verse 39. He showed them he, behold, my hands and my feet. That it is I myself. Check it. My pierced hand is a sign that they've drained all the blood from me. I shed the pierced hands, the pierced feet, pierced side is the evidence of our redemption. The blood has been released to pay for our sins. And the verse forty says? And when they had thus we had thus spoken, showed them his hands and his feet. Very important thing to show. I paid the price for your redemption. The next verse. I'm taking you somewhere. The next verse. And while believe, and while they yet believed, and while they yet believed not for for joy, they were too excited. Is this a dream? And wonder. He said unto them. Have ye any meat? That means any food to eat. Okay. And they brought fish. Yeah, they brought our fish. He asked for meat, but they brought fish. <laughs> meat there means any food to eat. And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of a, a, a honeycomb. And guess what? And he took it and did it before them. See, I can eat. He broke bread with them. He ate before them all. Go to the next verse. The verse 45 is what's going to move me. I I can't wait to get there. But let's see. And he said unto them, These these are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you. That means I'm no more with you. When I was with you, I told you that all things must be fulfilled which which were written did you see that in the law of moses and in the prophets and in the psalms concerning me in the old testament during the days of jesus when you talk about the scriptures it is not what we have today it's just the old testament and the old testament are called the law the writing and the prophets the law, the writings. So the law is what Moses has written. The writings is the history and all those Other things about uh, first Samuel, second Samuel, Psalm, Proverbs, all that, and the prophets are uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentation, Ezekiel, and all that. Those are the prophets. So that's the summary of the Old Testament. Sometimes the Bible will use the Law and the Prophets to mean the summary of the Old Testament. Other times you use the Law, the Prophets, the Writings, and the Prophets. But always you see prophets, and you always see the Law, or you see Moses and the Prophets. Moses and the prophets. That's why I said uh, what Moses wrote about me. In the book of John, chapter chapter 5, verse 39. He said, you search the scriptures, thinking in that in them you have eternal life. And these things are talking about me. And I have come, but you will not receive me. These things, everything in the Bible is about him. So he showed them from the law and the prophets. Look at verse 45. Then." Uh, when you are coming to church, this should be your prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Open their understanding that they might understand the scripture. That is why when people are blasting the scriptures and misinterpreting, interpreting the scripture, sitting on, on internet and talking rubbish, most of them their understandings have not been opened. Jesus unlocked their understanding. He opened it so they might understand the scriptures. That should be your prayer when you are going to read your Bible. Anytime you are about to read your Bible, that should be your prayer. Anytime you are coming to church, that should be your prayer. Anytime you are about to listen to preaching message, that should be your prayer. You have to pray, open my understanding, open my understanding, that I might understand the scripture. But it's going somewhere. I brought you here so we can have some fun. Look at the next verse. And he said unto them, and like Jesus always it's written what's written talking referring to the scripture that is written and that it behooves It's behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the dead. it's necessary it's written it's already written and look at verse 47. no listen the, the story didn't finish I, I want to say show you something I just like to teach I just like to uh, look at look at verse 46 again. Verse 45, she opened their understanding. And in verse 46, he told them that it is. I'll give a new King James so he can make it easier to understand. Then he said, That's it is written. And that let's go to the, uh, NIV. It might be easier a little bit. He told them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise okay, from the dead on the third day. Is that the end of the story? No. And then what? And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. Full stop. So if he he dies, he rises. It's not the whole story. Yeah, it's there. You haven't seen. Go back. He says, it is written. He told them, this is what is written. This is what... So Christians are making the word of God incomplete. The whole thing about Christianity, the reason why we have Old Testament, so that Christ will come. And the prophets have said it already. Christ is coming. But when he comes, then so what? Christmas is not the be-all. Christmas is just the arrival. Yeah. Easter is when he finishes his job. Yeah. But he's finished, he finishes his job. Now it's our turn. Yes. Wow. So he says that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Did that happen? And then what happens? End repentance and, and for no prosperity, no marital break to repentance. You come to church and you won't repent. You won't repent. You still retain your sins and you are in church. What kind of fake Christian is that? You are fake. You can't come to church and you haven't repented. You are not in church. You are not part of the church. You can be part of a church, but you are not part of the church. We will accept you and put you part as a member of this church, but Christ knows that you are, non, you are not one of his. He says, The foundation of the Lord stands firm, having this seal. God knows those who are his. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 19 He knows those who are his. So that's the foundation of the law. It stands for it's like a uh, um, um, tombstone you know or when you go uh, they've written something on the wall and they engraved in it a seal on it. So it has the foundation has the seal. Christ, God knows those who are his. He said repentance and forgiveness that's important. That's important. Not only repentance, so you repent from your sins. We have to tell you that first. And we will tell you that he has paid for the price. So just ask David could ask for mercy and God will work with him. You can also repent and ask for mercy and God can work with you. You can only preach repentance and stop there. Repentance and forgiveness. And you can only preach forgiveness because God is love. God is love. Doesn't matter what you're doing, God cares for you. He loves you. Tell them, repent first, yes. repent, stop the sinning, yes. turn from your sins. Yes. Come and stand here and behave like you are one of us, yet you don't have any plan to stand away from your sins. Wow. I preach to you the word of God repent from your sins, yeah. repent, yeah. Repent. Yeah. repent. You, you, yes, yes, be repent. Repent. Don't look, uh, don't stand here and, and well, I'm checking what's going on. Repent is the message. Yes. And there's forgiveness for you when you repent. Yes. The reason why they left the story of David in the Bible is just for you to know it doesn't matter what you done if you repent. Uh, if you repent, David said, Forgive me, Lord. Turn your way, your eyes away from my sins. And he was forgiven. <sighs> and so David, in, uh, in Romans chapter 4, verse 2, 3, 4, it talks about, David actually make references. I'll show you something. It's, very, it's very nice. It's very nice. Even, verse 6, even David also described the blessedness of the man whose, uh, to whom, unto whom God imputed righteousness without works. David said, "Such a man is blessed." You want to talk about real blessing—the one who his sins has forgiven, and God has now put credited righteousness in your account. Ah. Is it is it not David who can really say things like this? And when David, look, he said, "Saying, blessed are the, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, and those whose sins are." Thank you. Jesus. Yes, Thank you, Jesus. Does it make sense if David says that? Because you know what he means, yes. you know what he means. Yes. He said Christ must die, has he? Yes, yes. he must uh, rise from the dead. Did he? Yes. And repentance yes. must be preached. Why is the pastor stop preaching oh repentance and pro- re- rather preaching prosperity? Yes. Repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations not only some people, not only Africans, all nations pray to all nations beginning at Jerusalem other than that you have made his death in vain and you'll be asking if God was all men to be saved why are not all men saved? have you gone to preach? Have you gone to preach and see if they won't be saved? So you got to preach the gospel. Yes. Preach the gospel. Yes. Because Jesus paid the hard price for people to be saved. But it starts with repentance. Repent from your sins. So repent. Repent. I'm calling on to somebody, repent. Repent. And repent. In Acts chapter... Can I quote some scriptures? Yes. In Acts chapter 26, verse 19, he said, Oh, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. He said, "Whereupon, well upon, Oh, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. People are making noise about vision. I saw angel. I saw the... Let's see the heavenly vision. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Look at the next verse. But sh- give me uh, uh, k- uh, New King James, please. But declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the regions of, of region of Judea and to and to them and then to the Gentiles that they should. You are talking about vision that doesn't bring repentance. That's why I said earlier in the morning. Don't let you, anyone fool you with visions, visions, visions. Shut up. Vision that doesn't... You are seeing visions by still fornicating. You claim to be seeing visions and still lying and still harboring bitterness. You haven't seen God. Because the true vision will make you... When you see it, you cannot be disobedient. And we, you will preach repentance. You will focus on repentance. He said... That they should repent and turn to God and do works. Wow. Prove your repentance by your works. Wow. Don't tell me it doesn't matter what people do. God understands. Nonsense. Prove that you have repentance. Prove the repentance by your works. And they should do works befitting repentance. Wow. Evidence of repentance is in your repented works. Was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Repentance is part of our message. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, I feel like preaching you know? when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, Bible says he preached. I mean, from from um, chapter two, right from verse 13. Started preaching, 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 preaching. His and his message was Christ. And that preaching was the first preaching of the church. Yeah, the first preaching of the church is recorded in Acts chapter 2. And you know when it happened? When the Holy Ghost came. Yes. When the Holy Ghost came and it got the attention of everybody. Bible says, and this was noise abroad. That's why I don't I don't mind, I don't mind noise. Bible. He said they all speak. began to speak in tongues. And the Holy Ghost verse four, verse five. He said it was noise abroad. Yeah, <laughs> it was noise abroad. Some people said, "What's going on? What's going on? We can hear them speaking in our own language. Different, different languages. These people are Galileans." Galileans, the angel addressed them, remember, chapter, old men of Galilee. These are Galileans. How come they speak? We hear them speaking in our language. Pontus, Libya, a lot of names. Mentioned there about seven or eleven or so. Different Cappadocia, Mesopotamia, Elamites, Midis, uh, pa, uh, uh, Parthians, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia. Go, go, go to the next one. Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt. Yes parts of Libya, Cyrene, strangers from Rome, Jews, and said, so We all hear them speaking our native language. Yeah. we hear, uh, Arabians, you see, Arab, they're all there. Uh, Christians and Arab. We hear them speak in our own tongue, in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. And they marveled. And then some, some said, oh, these guys are drunk, they are full of new wine. And Peter said, he, they made me, Peter, starts talking. These ones are not drunk with wine, as you suppose. Seeing that it's very early in the morning. No, in our community, people don't drink early. These guys are not drunk. Very early in the morning. So that means Holy Ghost came in the night, late at night. It's early in the morning. It's very early. It's very early. They are not drunk. And he said in the verse 17, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Yes. In verse 16. I'm just telling you, he started quoting the scripture. Who said? He said, Joel said. Wow. Then he quoted from Joel verse 17, for in the last day it shall come to pass. Yes. Says Ah, watch this. Watch this. This is another... He said, Who said this is what was prophesied? Go verse 16. Let's all read it together. Who spoke? Who spoke? Prophet Joel spoke. And when he spoke, listen to what he said. It shall come to pass. Ah, but who spoke? So, but when Prophet Joel was speaking, it was God who was saying. (laughs) Prophet Joel was speaking, God was saying. Then he started telling them. After he finished quoting, he said, Oh, verse 21 Jesus Christ of Nazareth, for whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ah, and then verse, verse 22 said, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, a man, say, a man, Amen. a man attested by God with signs, wonders, and miracles following. God gave him endorsement as he was living on earth. God said, I've chosen you. How did he show it? With signs, wonder. Is there a man, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, uh, ye men of Israel, hear this way Jesus, of Nazareth, a man approved, approved. Of God amongst you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did by Him in the midst of you, as ye all know, you yourself know, you know it. Yes. So you, 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 He preached and he said, "You know it," and He says that they took Him by lawless hands, yes. ah. being delivered uh, Him, Jesus, being delivered by the. Determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. So it wasn't their plan, it was God's plan. God was the mastermind behind Jesus' crucifixion. He said, Jesus, he was delivered. What got him delivered? What got him killed? By the determined purpose. And for knowledge of God, God is, is, is telling me that you have to kill him. Why did they have to kill Jesus? So that David, when David prayed for forgiveness, it was a standing order. He was forgiven on credit. Somebody had to come and pay and take away their sins. Somebody had to come and take away. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. Abraham's sin. Noah, Abraham says my wife, is my sister, lying. Wow. Abraham went to sleep with uh, Hagar, produce Ishmael, all those things. Someone must pay for these sins. Wow. So God forgave them on credit. Wow. And so when you sin in the Old Testament and you sacrifice animals, God just takes away, covers the sin on credit because he can't just take it away. Someone must pay for it. it aside put it aside put no sin aside david what he did to uriah god put it aside waiting for the day all creation was waiting for the day when when jesus the savior of the world not the savior of the jews in john chapter 4 verse 42 they told the woman We believe what you said, but now we know that Jesus is the Savior of the world. In Luke chapter 2, verse 11, he said, The angel said to the shepherds, Today in the city of David has been born a Savior. Ah! A Savior which is Christ the Lord has been born. He's a Savior. He came to save us. That's why Peter, when Peter said you can't die on the cross, he had to turn to Peter because he knew that Satan is trying to block the the predetermined purpose of God. Didn't he tell them ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to have raised from the dead? He had to suffer. And then once he he rises from the dead then repentance and forgiveness can be preached in his name. When somebody offends you I cannot forgive them on your behalf. Yeah. Think about it. Nobody can forgive somebody for you. Forgiveness is a personal choice. Yeah. You can't delegate forgiveness. So Jesus could look at somebody he say, Son, your sins are forgiven. And the guys were confused. But who is this guy? Yeah. Who is this man who who is blaspheming? They said, When you say so, He said, it, it, but son your sins are forgiven and look at the next verse the, the, the scribes these are, these are authorities scholars they were sitting there they're they raising in their hearts Said, so why does this man speak blasphemy like this who can forgive sins but God alone he was just trying to tell them listen God I've come I'm God. According to the scholars, it is only God who can forgive sins. And Jesus said, when a Muslim tells you, Jesus never claimed he's God, tell them he forgave sins. Yeah. He forgave sins. He make himself God by forgiving sins. He's trying to tell you I'm God. He said, "Let me just move back." To, he said, "By the predetermined purpose of God, this man was crucified." He said, "But for knowledge, Peter, said, you have taken by lawless hands; they killed him lawlessly, and have crucified and put to death." That's the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus was crucified. He was innocent, so he, there, his execution was lawless. It was. It was Mere, pure, share, miscarriage of justice. He was innocent, innocent man. They crucified, they killed him with criminals. He was even the thief on the cross said, "Listen, this man." Wait, Luke chapter twenty-three, verse forty-three. He said, "Listen, we are we deserve what we are going through, but this man is innocent." Forty-one. He said, oh, "Justify." He said, "We indeed justly. Uh, we we indeed justly for." we receive due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing. He has done nothing wrong. Even the criminal knew that this guy is not not one of us. He knew it. And Bible says that when the centurion he saw the way Jesus died and he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. The man said, Indeed, this is the Son of God. (laughs) Pontius Pilate in John chapter 18, verse 6 He said, I find no fault in him. You brought me to to convict this guy. You brought this guy to me so I can uh, condemn him. Chapter 19, right Verse 4. Verse 4. Pilate went again and said to them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that me, I I I I have been trained, I have been trained by the highest courts in the world. He, Jesus stood before the highest human court and they couldn't find fault in him wow. that's why they had to move him to be judged by the highest court he said I find no fault in him I bring him to you so you know I find no fault in him look at verse 6 he said I find no fault in him. he said for I find no fault in him why do you say I should you take him I can't kill him because there's nothing wrong with him yes. so he told Jesus are you not talking to me don't you know I have power to release you? Jesus said, "Don't no, don't get wrong. You don't have power to. You, you can't kill me." Jesus said, "You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to, to you has done great." Jesus in John chapter uh, verse eighteen, John chapter ten verse eighteen, he said, "Me, I, I lay my life down and I take it back." I lay my life down and I take it back. No man can say that. Wow! He organized his birth. He organized where he'll be born. He organized his mother. He organized the circumstances surrounding his birth. And he came and be born. And he organized his death. And he said, when I die, I'm going to come back. He said, You killed by lawless. I like the verse 24, Acts chapter 2. But God raised him from the dead. You killed him, but God raised him. Why? Because it was not possible. It's not possible. Then he quoted. You know that what Peter was doing? He explained that he quoted. Look at the next verse. For David says he quoted from the Psalms. Sending. You will not suffer, your holy one. He said, "I always." The, the Lord is always with my hand. Then he explains it. Then he quotes again. Then he explains it. Then he quotes again. Then he explains it. Then he quotes again, and he says that this God has verse thirty two. Look at verse thirty two. He said, "God raised him on his right hand, and he received the promise. This Jesus, God has raised up, of whom we are witnesses." Watch this. Look at verse thirty three. So sweet. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy... Uh, there it, 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 it needed to be a process. God wanted to stay in you and live in human beings. But you are too sinful. So God can't come and stay in you. So God has to find a way of paying for the sins in you and washing you from the sins. Now, when he finished, when he finished, Jesus didn't to do that. He went and got the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Having been raised and at the right time, have received the promise of the Holy Spirit and poured out this, which you now see and hear. So he's just explaining the Bible to them. He was explaining the Bible to them. And it didn't end there. And he started talking about how for he quoted, quoted again, David. David, David did not ascend into heaven. But he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right. So which one was David talking about then? Which one? Because David didn't ascend to heaven. But he quoted the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. So who is the His Lord which he was talking about? And who went to sit at the right hand of the father? Somebody must have come here. Who is the Lord of David? Who now went and sat at the right hand? And David said, the Lord said to my Lord. So David was calling him Lord. And he is the one who went and sat at the right hand of the father. It's getting interesting. Look at verse 35. So I make your enemies fruitful. So that's the quotation. Look at verse 36. I like the 36. Therefore, after explaining scripture, 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 he turned this all and then put it on them. He said, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has raised Jesus, whom you, you, you crucified him and made him both Lord and Christ. Crucified. God has made him both. You crucified him. You are behind his death even though god was the mastermind you are still culpable you are not innocent you are still accountable for what you have done you you killed him by lawlessness as he preached bible said they were cut to the heart good preaching cuts to the heart they were cut to the heart when they heard this they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Ben and Bread, what shall we do? I was surprised at his response. He said, Re-, You see that word there? Yes. That's why Jesus died. <laughs> Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the, of the, of the, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ for their forgiveness of sins. Remission means, you know, when something is remitted. Remittance. You sent some money, remitted the money. Yeah. So remission is your move. Your sins have been just taken away. Oh, I thought that would have ended it. And. Oh, so it's a process. Repentance. Forgiveness of sins, then you are now qualified to receive the gift of the Holy yeah. Spirit. So the first preaching of the church was repent. He ex- opened the Bible, quoted from Joel, quoted from Psalms, quoted from Psalms, quoted from Psalms, quoted from Psalms. Psalms explain what is happening. Pointed it to Psalms. Explain what is happening. Pointed to the Old Testament. Explain it and explain it. This is what is happening. He said, "You have crucified, but God has raised Him." He did, but he didn't finish talking. They are the "Man, men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved?" He didn't finish preaching. The preaching was so good. Christ was so, came so much alive. People knew, (laughs) we need this Jesus. So what should we do? He said that it's simple. Repent first. Stop the things you are doing. Stop it. You can't be sitting in church and still, still doing some things and think it's okay. You will burn in the hottest part of hell. You know I'm talking to you. There are people who call themselves Christians, and they don't know this. They don't know nothing about this. Nothing. Who has been teaching you? What made you a Christian? And you don't know. You don't have a working understanding of the, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. You don't know. It doesn't mean anything to you. I'm beginning to question whether you are actually saved. Because salvation is predicated on the work of the cross. If you don't know about his death on the cross and all you know is Jesus on the cross and you don't know what it means to you it's likely you are not saved you have to repent and your sins be forgiven before the Holy Ghost can come into you it is a necessary part of salvation so you realize that the death the burial the resurrection of Christ is not the end of the story after that happens, repentance, forgiveness of sins, and the Holy Ghost coming in, then the story is complete. <laughs> when the Holy Ghost comes in, now you can say you are in church. Hallelujah! Amen. And so, that's why when um, Philip went to went down to Samaria and preached, and when the church in Jerusalem. The apostles in Jerusalem, when they heard that Samaria had received the word, they sent Peter and John, Acts chapter 8, 14, 15, 16. They sent Peter and John, who when they came, prayed that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Ah, the people are born again, but the next step is they need to receive the Holy Spirit. That's how it works. When you are born again, you need the Holy Spirit the next thing. Pastor Bob, I thought when I'm born again, the Spirit of God is in me. That is in you for your sonship, but for function. Mm. So, as I was showing you, let's go back to Luke chapter 24, so that I can clear this. Verse 46, that's where we, we, we left off. That repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached. Luke chapter, uh, uh, it's written. that. Okay, verse 47. And repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name. You know... Uh, to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Now this, wait, wait. Go back. So this is the completion of the Christian cycle. Death starts from death, the suffering. Burial and resurrection that Jesus part. Now, repentance and forgiveness of sins be preached. That's the cycle of salvation. But Just being saved is not enough. The reason why Jesus came, I'm about to say something very big. The reason why Jesus came to die is not to save us from going to hell. You think he he came so you don't go to hell. No, that's not why he came. Once you are saved, you won't go to hell. So it's part of the benefit. It's like you come to camp. Did you come here because of the food? No. No. But once you are here, you eat the food. They have drinks around, you can just drink some, because once you are here it's part of the deal but you didn't come here to come and drink you can buy it from Tesco, wherever you are Jesus didn't die so we don't go to hell he died so we be the sons of God Watch this. So this is the cycle. But it's not fully complete in a certain sense. Cycle of salvation is done. Look at verse 48 and 49. 48 said, and you are witnesses of these things. So this is what you have seen. And that's why you should go and preach. So you are witnesses. Now, because you are supposed to go and preach this as witnesses. Wait, you can't go. Look at verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of the Father. You know what we read in chapter 2? He said he ascended, he has received the promise from the Father. He had to go and receive it and bring it, give it to her. He said, I, that time he hasn't, he hasn't ascended yet. This is before, just before, at the brink of ascension. It's like one leg is on the platform, it's about to go. And he was telling them these things. I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it clear to you don't go anywhere just watch this and he said behold I send the promise of the father upon you but tarry ye in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high that's talking about the Holy Spirit don't go you are supposed to be witnesses of this salvation uh, 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 package but you can't do it without the Holy Spirit so wait in Jerusalem tarry tarry means wait wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power say power. power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you what happens power you receive power so in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, "Ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost. Not before. It's after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now go back to Luke chapter 40. Look at verse 50. It's interesting. It's interesting. And he led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. So as he finished, that's the last thing he ever said on earth. He led them out. Says that this. So this is what is going to happen. What is going to happen? And he, as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Guess what happened? Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried into heaven. He left them blessings. He left them blessings. But what did he tell them? Wait, don't go, because now the. Redemption package has been accomplished. It has to be preached. Wait, wait, it has to be preached and you are the witnesses, but don't go yet, wait, the Holy Ghost is going to come. 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 The Holy Ghost is coming. 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 Spirit, rain down on us. God bless you for listening to this message. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube and visit www.carris.org for videos and upcoming events. Remember, be a doer of the word and not just a hearer.